All right, everyone, welcome back to Relish the Journey. With me tonight is sort of Blast from the Past, Blast from High School. Her name is Leah Carmichael, and she joins me as the first West Coast guest on this thing. She's in the car driving home from work in California. So, Leah, thanks for agreeing to do it. No problem. So, excited. That's good. That's good. So, really, I just dive right in. And the main question I'm just curious about is how the heck do you end up from Pennsylvania to California? So what do you do for a living? So I do is corporate wellness. I work right now. I work in the fitness center at the AT&T headquarters. That used to be the Direct TV headquarters, but AT&T merged, and now it's AT&T headquarters. That's pretty cool. So there's a, a wellness center in the office building, and that's where you work. Yeah, full fitness center on the first floor of one of the buildings. People are always shocked when they find out how big it is. It's you know we've got like ten treadmills, like ten elliptical, like it's, it's a full gym. Wow. So then, are yeah. you like a like a personal trainer for people that work there then, or, or what? I'm available to do that for people, but right now, so it's kind of like a big transition period. I teach group X as well. It's like my new position that brought me out here to LA. Um, I was at a different company before. I, you know, I'm running the group exercise schedule, and then eventually, once we get the whole transition period over, we're running kind of the different programs, incentive programs that sometimes you hear about people running, you know, having their work, so like weight right. loss programs, and sometimes my old job, I used to run like rec leagues, like I would run live football, like a three on three basketball tournament and stuff, there's all different stuff, but yes, personal training. That's cool, I wish I had that at my office. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, I have to force myself to get up or I end up sitting all day and it's horrible for you. Right, kind of a selling point where like, we are here, don't have to go, just come downstairs. That's awesome. So, is that what you went to school for then? I uh, around that way, yeah. And so I kind of went the clinical path. So I got my degree in exercise physiology. And you can either go the research path or the clinical path. The clinical path is obviously, you know, working with people. I always say that my friends are out there doing the research and then I'm here, you know, helping you guys be more fit and healthy. Right. It probably helps keep you fit and healthy too when you have to be accountable oh, yeah. to everybody else. Oh, yeah. So what's... I guess uh, you do a lot of hiking out there, I'm going to guess. I'm thinking Arizona and all the different parks and stuff I out there. Arizona, I kind of slowly just built this list because I lived super close to, like, it was called Camelback Mountain, and it was kind of like the thing to do in Arizona if you go those things to do in Phoenix. It's like, hike Camelback, which is kind of rude because it's not an easy hike at all. <laughs> so I did that a couple of times, and then I slowly started, like, branching out, and I somehow created this list of hikes to do while in Arizona. And it was never ending because every time I do one, I add like three. So it's an unfinished list. But I did get into it. So it's really fun. It's not something I thought I would ever be into. And I drank the Kool-Aid. So how far, because my geography is very much limited to the eastern part of the United States. How far of a drive is it from Arizona to California? Depends on where you're going. True. Obviously, and traffic becomes a factor, major factor. It's really, so it's like a little over 300 miles from Phoenix to LA. I want to say it's like 350, but it turns into like a seven hour drive because once you hit the metro, you hit LA traffic. Yeah. Is it as bad as you 
they all say. <laughs> well, I'm going 30 miles to get home tonight. It's going to take me like an hour. Oh, yeah. That's rough. So, it is what it is. See, I ended up in central Pennsylvania, which is essentially the south, and we've got back roads where you can go 60 miles an hour on. I was you... actually thinking that. I was like, we did definitely end up in, like, you're in rural PA, and I'm in, is it rural? I don't mean to... Um, no, it's, yeah, no, I don't mean to offend me, there's no offense, it's very much, <laughs> Pennsylvania is uh, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and like, Kentucky in between, is like the joke people say, yeah. but... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty rural, I mean, I live on two acres, the house next to me is really just a barn, and behind me is 50 acres of cornfield, so I guess you could call that rural, and there's... Amish and Mennonite people that I need to dodge on my commute when I'm going 60 miles an hour on those back roads and there's a horse and buggy around the corner. But yeah, but then there's farmer's markets and, you know, now at the corn there's hay rides and everybody's selling pumpkins, all that kind of good old seasonal stuff. Very cool. Yeah, so, so a little different than my commute. Yeah. People would probably, like, lose it if I was like, about the open acres because there's just... And it started in Phoenix, too. Like, if you see open land, something started to go up there. Oh, really? Yeah, well, at least now I'm getting, yes, you're staring at some level of palm tree, at least, which has got to be kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I have these palm trees. So, how, I mean, did you ever think you were going to live in California when we were in Eastern Area High School? Was that ever a thing in the back of your brain, or did it just kind of happen? Yes and no. I think in my mind, I was like, I think it'd be really cool to live in California, but it never was like, I'm going to, you know, make that a thing. It was always more of a dream rather than a goal. Sure. And then once I moved to Phoenix and started coming out here more and more often, I was like, why not? There's plenty of people that do. Let's, you know, find something in a way that I can make this work. Sure. So did you know anybody that lived out there, or did you just take the plunge and go where you didn't know anybody? Well, I was in a long-distance relationship, well, I am in still in a relationship, but we are long-distance. He lives out here. Oh, that's cool. So now you're not long-distance. No, no, we're not. Nice. It's funny. I don't, this is like a really weird memory. It might sound very creepy, but the way I remember Leah Carmichael is, for some reason, sitting in like AP history class, I think we had together, <laughs> like yeah. in East Area High School. So, you know, introduce me to the new Leah, right? I know you as an 18-year-old that kind of half made fun of me, but then like was kind of half my friend, and it was just, we were all awkward. What's, yeah. what's Leah Carmichael at, you know, 28 years old? I don't know if I'm not much different. In my mind, I'm not. I'm still like, oh, I'm still a child. I don't know. Yeah. I'm one of those hanging on. I'm definitely more of, I don't know what I, you probably, or I was back then, but I know now I'm more of like the take life as it comes at you. You know, things happen how they're supposed to. So, you know, don't fight it and just kind of, you know, try your best through every step and roll with the punches. Sure. Yeah, good. So, I was like, that's a good way to describe you back then. You were kind of aggressive. Yeah. Very, like, boisterous and yeah. aggressive. I'm so boisterous, but I don't know. And it's funny because I am way more confident now than I was back then. I was just like, head down, don't talk to me, I won't talk to you, just kind of get me through high school and get me the hell out of here, what was going through my brain, yeah. which is funny. I was a hit or miss with high school. There was moments that I loved it, moments that I was like, I'm ready for the next step. Oh, man, I hated it. It was, I felt bad when I was talking to Matt Pfeiffer. I don't know if you listened to that one. He's the only other person I've talked to from high school. And he was talking about how much he loved it and this and the other thing. And he asked me, what did you like the most about high school? And I was like, Matt, I hated high school. Man. I couldn't wait to leave. And there was just like an awkward silence and we changed subjects. Oh, uh, you, you told me that and when I saw you in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I did listen to Pfeiffer's interview. 
And I was, I mean, it's all high schoolers with it. If so, it's still, it was cliche. I think it still is cliche. There are moments that I loved it and moments that I hated it. Yeah. I will say I'm glad I grew up in Easton. I think Easton kind of opens you up to all different kinds of people and kind of prepares you for the diverse, diverse world that's out there. Oh, yeah. But I don't know that I would ever be back to Easton. Right. No, I agree with that. And I remember diversity is our strength. That's what they no, said. That, that was like the tagline. Yeah. Diversity is our strength. That's funny. I didn't remember that. But, but um, I, <laughs> I agree with you. And it's interesting when I'm out here now when people talk about their graduating high school class being like 70 people. And it's like, well, that was like half our football team. <laughs> you know, like we had <laughs> 700 kids at graduation, some of which you only met like that day at graduation. You had no idea who they were. Yeah. And then it's just completely different for sure. So then – and then you chose to go to a big school because how many people went to Pitt? Oh, man, I did not look these numbers up. And I wanted to because I heard you, uh, I heard you ask someone that before. She showed you don't. say you definitely don't know everyone right. at a school like Pitt. <laughs> yeah. And so it's similar to Easton then. You kind of went for this, a similar experience in a, a city versus like Easton, they call it a city, but it's like a town. Oh, uh, yeah. But what's funny is there was probably, I think, 15 people from our graduating class that went to Pitt. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I didn't really hang out with it. We, we all kind of formed our own class once we got there. Which I think is healthy. Like, yes. that's, it's probably better that that happened than if you were that group of people that came in and, and you'd end up not making as many friends because you have all the inside jokes or whatever from high school. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, you stayed in Pittsburgh afterwards for graduate school, right? Yeah. So, I did move back to Houston for a little under a year, and then I went back. To Pittsburgh for grad school. And I stayed there for another year after grad school. That's cool. I love Pittsburgh. I would move there. I mean, I think it's a cool city. I get better Pittsburgh than Philly. Is, yeah, Pittsburgh's like a special place because it's got, it is, it is a city. It's a it's, but it's a small city and it's still got that kind of hometown feel. Yeah. All the, like, the different neighborhoods too, outside of the city proper. It's, it's kind of like there's a couple different mini Eastons on the outskirts of Pittsburgh. Oh, absolutely. That's cool. So, what would you say when you think about I mean, jumping around quite a bit from Eastern PA to Western PA to Arizona to California. <laughs> what is all that moving around just kind of taught you? What's a lesson that you, you take away from all that? I think I try and take something from everywhere I've lived, and whether it's consciously, subconsciously. You know, Pittsburgh was, is like, you know, they call it it's the steel city. They call it, the, you know, the blue collar. So, like, it's that's where you, I like to think I get my work ethic from. And then Phoenix, at the same time, is kind of that open-minded, uh, go-with-the-flow type of place. So, we'll see what California has in store. I've only been here a month. Yeah. Have you met, like, anybody super Californian? My coworker is 24 and born and raised California. Or no, actually born in Brazil, but you know, since he's like five, raised in California. Yeah. And I was talking to him, and I was like, you know what? I was like the coolest other person in my last job. I was like, I think you're cooler than me. And he was like, why? <laughs> like, just your lingo it was just like, you know, instead of like, we'll be like, oh, that's really cool. It's good. It's so tight, man. And like, it's just. But he's highly intelligent at the same time. So it's, it's like the surfer lingo is still a thing. Absolutely. That's but funny. You would never think that just like when you first look at him. Right. Is it weird to have the ocean on the left and not the right? No. I don't know. I got used to it when, you know, because that's the closest one in Arizona. True. Yeah. So I and that was part of the reason of California was like, yeah, we could do this. It's because I'm a beach person. Even though I haven't made it there since I had moved. 
the game plan is Saturday. I'm gonna make a trip down to the beach. Is it still like still beach weather? Obviously, then it's the weather out there. So maybe this weekend. Man, I have frost outside, and they're calling for snow this weekend. Yeah, I don't miss it. It's a bummer. It's a total bummer. (laughs) Yeah, and I have a gravel driveway, and I'm just not looking forward to winter and freaking shoving the gravel driveway is the worst thing ever. Can you not have a snowblower with a gravel driveway? Uh, I think you can. You just have to just degrade like the blade of the the blower, but I just don't want to take the chance of throwing rocks into my house or car (laughs) or something. If I was going to put the car in all-wheel drive and just gun it up the driveway and Hope I make it to the top without slipping back down. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like a solid. So yeah. Oh man. So what else do you want to say? I really went into this with not an agenda because you're just really catching up with the record button going. But you've listened yeah. to a few of these. You kind of get where I go with these. Have you thought that, about that at all? Like, what's my journey? What's my story? What's something uh, I've done that someone else could learn from or benefit from? Uh, I think my big thing is because with uh, not being scared to make a move. Yeah. So what is it about LA that chews people up and spits people out? I'm just saying the price of living. Oh, really? Yeah. Price of living is kind of crazy. Not as crazy as like San Francisco or, you know, some other cities. But yeah, it's pretty high and not all jobs compensate. I would say, you know, most people have some sort of like secondary income. Sure. So do you have one of those? You got a side hustle working? I have one in Phoenix. It's kind of ironic, kind of full circle. I started teaching swim lessons. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. It's a weird thing when you have your own kid, kids. It just doesn't even cross your mind. Even when they're being yeah. really annoying, it's still your kid. Yeah. It, that's funny. Yeah, so swimming, huh? Have you, did you swim in college? Or no. I did not. I was done. I was a done junior year of high school, but kind of tucked it out through senior year. Yeah. So was that, uh, was that weird for you? Because you went, you were one of those crazy kids that went hard on swimming at a young age, doing club teams and all year round. And was that part of what burns you out, do you think? Probably, but I wouldn't have changed it. I think it definitely, you know, kind of helped me become the person I was. Definitely probably kept me out of trouble throughout high school because I was tired all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, in retrospect, yeah, it might have been what burnt me out on it. Yeah, it's interesting. When I look at a bunch of people I knew that swam, like USA Swimming and really intense elite club teams, I don't know a lot of them that did swim in college or swim all three, four years of college. At a certain uh, point, it's got to be like, I'm done with this. Like, I'm not going to the Olympics. What the hell am I doing? I want to have fun. I've been busting my ass in the water for, you know, 18 years. This is, this yeah, is I think part of it is getting that 
scholarship or that a mutual friend of ours who got a scholarship to an Ivy League school for swimming. And I know a handful, or old people from I know I haven't talked to her in years. But, um, yeah, and so I think that was really beneficial to a lot of kids that did it to the level that I did. Right. I know, you know, and I think if I could have done it again, I, you know, I could have potentially used it, but I don't know that I would have made it all the way through. Like you said, I wouldn't have probably made it all the way through college. Right. That's what I love about swimming. I was just like that. I was average. I'm just average the whole way through. I did it through college. It kept me not fat, and <laughs> it worked out. That's where I met my wife. She was on the swim team. So okay. it's kind of crazy when you look at the impact of swimming on your life in general with stuff like that. From work ethic to people you meet to teaching swim lessons in Arizona. It's Right. Swimming always, they told us in high school that like it would always come full circle. I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm done with it. Sure enough, it came back around. Oh, yeah. I wish – I really don't have a pool around here. The only real pool is Bucknell has a pool, obviously, but I got – I don't know. I've just been lazy. I haven't looked at it to see if they do, like, open swim hours or a club team or something because I hate every other method of working out. So, yeah. So annoying. I just want to get back in the pool. I swam this summer, like, laps for the first time since college. Yeah. And – yeah, I remember for some stupid reason I signed up for an alumni swim meet at college and came back a few years after I graduated. And I think it was it was really dumb because it was like the 500 freestyle or something. And it was the most horrible thing. I was not at all prepared to swim 20 laps in a pool yeah, during, during a swim meet. It was just it was bad. I made it total. Is that your myself. race while in college? I did distance freestyle in college. So I did the mile, the 1,000, the 500. I'd also do the 4 a.m., but that's what I did. So I went from doing like 100 breaststroke and 2 a.m. in high school to swimming the mile and distance free and stuff in college. Being not half bad at it. I'd place like 7th in conference and stuff for, you know, it was just D3. You know, we weren't setting the world on fire, but it wasn't half bad. kind of found my thing. Sorry, I just realized I made the wrong turn. (laughs) Hell no. A little distracted. The LA traffic. Can't see through the smog. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so have you set, have you met, like, seen anybody famous out there? So a couple of months ago, I was out here visiting, and a friend of mine, you know, we all decided to go to, it's called the Comedy Store, okay. and like a famous comedy club in uh, downtown LA, and he was like, he got us in, and he, um, we were getting ready to leave, and all of a sudden, this like, big, huge SUV pulls up. He's like, oh, come on, come on. He like, takes us into this like smaller room, and all of a sudden, Dave Chappelle comes out. Oh, that's awesome. And does like a three-and-a-half-hour set with John Mayer. And if you ever watched Breaking Bad, like, Jesse from Breaking Bad was like hanging out, like all of a sudden, just hanging out in the crowd watching it. Uh, that's cool. So all of that was really that's really cool. That's like, man, not just one person, but three people all at once. Right? So, yeah. do you they get... got to the point that, like, John Mayer was like, Dave, it's 3.30 in the morning. Like, they want to close my job. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I could, yeah, I could envision that. Even though I've never yeah. met them. But you just kind of stick in their personality when you see them on TV and stuff like that. It's funny. Yeah. It was, it was hilarious. So, what's the next move for the year? What do you think? Are you going to stay in L.A.? Or you got your eyes set on some other I state? I think it's just going to be longer than Phoenix was. So I to break it down, I mean, I was born in South Carolina, so I did four years in South Carolina, then 14 years in Houston, then six years total in 
Pittsburgh, three and a half in Phoenix. So then I'm gonna, you know, LA for a while and then just who knows. Yeah. Definitely gonna kinda settle down for a little while. We'll be over in Europe for I saw that on your social media account. Um Check it out. That's where That's cool. the benefit of teaching swim lessons was to you know, be able to afford that the way I wanted to. Right. I mean, I guess the trip was centered around going to the football, the Jags Eagles football game. That's neat. My, yeah, my boyfriend's friend plays for the Jags, so I don't know if you noticed through pictures, there was a huge group of us in London. It was, it was a good time to be with like all of these people that I know in a foreign city. Yeah, that's really cool. So what? What's other cities you go to besides London? I went to Amsterdam and Paris. Nice. And Amsterdam was fun. You know, with everything everybody say it was, it says it is. And I wasn't surprised that Paris, I always thought was a cliche. I was always like, ah, oh, you know, whatever. It can't be as great as everybody says it is. And it, it truly is. There's just something magical about that city. And <laughs> of all the places I went, I would 100% go back to Paris. Oh, yeah? That's cool. Was that, was that the first time you've been to Europe? I went with my mom. And I'm a name, Ali Malcolm, in yeah. high school. We went to Italy at summer after junior year. But that's the first time I've been back since then. So that's cool. Pretty much. Yeah, I've only been once. And we, we were in Italy. My sister-in-law got married over in Italy. Oh, cool. Which was pretty cool. So we were in Tuscany for most of the time. And then my flight got canceled. We had to spend another day in Rome, which was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, uh, what a bummer. Yeah. Though, it was funny, though. Been to Europe, see so people are just a little bit different over there. And sometimes the English is broken, and instead of saying my flight was canceled, they said my flight was deleted, and then ushered me into a line that I had to wait for a while, and then they ended up putting us in a hotel for free, which is awesome, and yeah. free food and free room, and they just got to you know buzz around the city and stuff, which is awesome. But cool. Europe is just so crazy; it makes you realize how absolutely young America act it really is. Like everything is so old over there, We're like an infant. And it's funny to say that because in Arizona, people are so impressed with how old the East Coast is. I, I didn't think about that. So, they're like, it's so neat. Everything's new in Arizona. Probably simply. But, but in New England, like, dude, there's something that's 50 years old up there. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. The oldest stuff in Arizona is probably, I don't even know. But, you know, then you go up to New England and you see something like the revolution and stuff. And it's just mind blown by it. Right. Where then we go to Europe and we're like, wow. Oh, you know, we were insane. looking, you know, like touring places, and we're like, just how long did it take them to build this? You know, it's it's mind blowing. Like you said, when you think about it. Oh, like it would literally take their lifetimes. Some of the stonemasons, they'd work on it their entire life and then die, and it's still not done. Somebody yeah. else had to finish it, which is pretty wild. So I ask a bunch of the same questions to everybody, and I always think it's cool how the same question can get so many different answers. I'm gonna run through some of those with you now. What would you say has been the best moment of your life so far? Best moment of my life. What's the tough one? Um, awkward pause because I, I feel like I'm still working towards it. Like I have a lot of like leading good moments. You know, I could go back to like say something about swimming when I won something in swimming, but in retrospect, uh, that's very tiny for what I think the world has out there for me still. Sure. Well, the, that's a good answer, right? To be continued. You haven't, it hasn't happened yeah. yet. So then what about, like, the worst thing so far, the lowest moment? Lowest moment? I mentioned when I had um, been back to Easton. Yeah. After undergrad, and for me, that was really hard. That was not, not the first time 
involved with it, and a lot of people do call after college, but for me, I was, I was always as good as things as I wanted at things as I wanted to be, and that kind of realization that I didn't get a paying job, that I could live on my own, I didn't get directly into grad school for the programs I applied directly out of grad, or out of undergrad, that was hard for me to realize that like, life will go on from this, and now I'm down, I'm living in California. Yeah, maybe that's part of the reason why you just said... I'm out. I'm in Arizona. I can't move back home again. It's not as easy. I'm going to put as much distance between me and this place as possible. So I asked that question because I really feel like we oftentimes spend way too much time focusing on all the positive stuff. You know, we put our, our best of, quote unquote, on Instagram and everything on social media. No one really talks about the stuff that sucks, the shit moments. But then those are the moments that you end up learning the most from or shaping the most. So you think about that at all? Like that moment, like, what do you think that taught you? Having to move back home after college and just go through um, that? I definitely think about it because, like you said, like, grand scheme, that was my lowest point. Like, I was not happy. I, it was a point of depression in my life. So I think of it as it wasn't that bad. And no matter what comes at me, I know that, you know, we will get through everything that life gives us. It's a matter of kind of taking it and allowing it, you know, working your hardest, kind of like I said before, working your hardest to allow every roadblock in your life to steer you in the direction that you're supposed to be going. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what do you think throughout, you know, all the moves and making these big life decisions, was there any like piece of advice that somebody gave you that stands out as like just that best piece of advice? Just this last one, I think, because I ran into a friend of mine when I told you I hit that panic mode. Yeah. She was like, dude, just go. You can always take a step back, but it doesn't, you don't have to start over. She's like, you've got nothing holding you here, so just go for it. Yeah, that's really cool. That's a cool way to put it. You can always, you don't have to start over. You just take a step back doesn't mean it's, you know, it's done. Exactly. I like that. Yeah, that was like, I was like, okay, thank you. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, nice. So then, you know, everything you've gone through and what it's taught you, what do you think is the best piece of advice that you could give just in general? It doesn't have to be about, you know, picking up and moving, but just life in general. Uh, I, I think it's um, kind of trust the path that your life is taking you. Trust that, you know, as long as it's not, when I said the path your life is taking you, it's not we're not like on a lazy river and you're just kind of going for it. You right. know, you've got you've to gotta work for what you're going for. But as long as you're working hard, your life is going to take you in a direction and we're all going, I believe the direction we're meant to, as long as we're giving it our best effort. Sure. So you believe in that? You believe in like fate, you know, as corny as that sounds? I get, yeah, I guess if you say it like that, it's fate. That's cool. I believe like that too. I mean, but like you said, fate works when you work, like you got to put the work in and then it'll pan out the way it should. Mm -hmm. You might not realize it, but you can't just sit back and it's not, no one's going to do it for you. Exactly. So how would you describe your life in three words? Three words only. Uh, I'm going to say adventure. Okay. These are not my uh, specialty kind of questions. We'll say adventure. <laughs> I'm just, fun is coming to my mind. Okay. And, and trust seems to be my theme. Okay. Trusting what's happening. Sure. So adventure, fun, and trust. Yes. That makes, I mean, it kind of sums up everything else. You know, the adventure moving, having fun, trying not to be the adult yet, even though you are. <laughs> trust the process (laughs) no i'm with you though i really didn't actually feel like an adult until i became a father that's what people say and i'm not there yet so i'm gonna keep living you know i'm gonna pay my bills i'm gonna go to work every day but i'm also i'm I'm still a child at heart 
Yeah. I don't have to take care of another human being. Oh man, that's my biggest fear though, that like I will lose that child at heart and just be like that old fart guy. Like I don't want that. I feel like it's like you're doomed if you stop feeling like you just said. Like we should all be 17 in our minds, you know? Yeah, it's a time and place. Yeah, you know? When, yeah. you, when you get the chance, tap into it. He's still in there. He's not just putting his head down waiting to get out of high school. If you need to, tap into the 20-year-old who was doing his thing in college. There you go. That's right. 17-year-old me was in a band, though, even though we were terrible. I was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Just didn't like school at all. <laughs> I remember that band. <laughs> yep, and I had my like Justin Bieber hair before Justin Bieber had it. Oh, yeah. Flicking it to the side. The flip. Yeah. Oh, flip. yeah. It was bleach blonde from chlorine. Now my hair is like black. It's kind of funny. Oh, uh, yeah. So now's the time where I give you the power. I've just been hitting you oh. with random questions. If there's any questions you have for me, I'll turn it over to you and you can ask. All right. What's it like, Miles, as a dad? Like, are you, how, how, what's it like? Is it, are you like your parents? Are you kind of taking it a different route? I, don't, I think it might be too early to tell that, you know, because he's 10 months old, which is pretty crazy that 10 months has flown by so fast. How I am like a dad, I think is really, it's just how I am as me. Like, like you said, I'm very much go with the flow. If he falls over, I'm not like freaking out. Like I'm like, Hey dude, get back up. Like you're good. <laughs> you know, okay. you can cry it off, but you're fine. Like I don't like baby him, even though he's a baby. And that sounds really bad. If my kid really fell, everyone, <laughs> I would be concerned, you know, but the kids fall. I mean, he's, he's trying to walk, he tumbles over and you know, I'm not trying to be a helicopter parent, just, you know, he's got to figure it out for himself at some point. That's how he's going to learn. So yeah. it's cool to just watch that. And then it's just so weird to then have a conversation with your parents and not like, Oh, am I going to be like them or not be like them? But then just to be like, Hey, I kind of get it now. Like that, you know, when everyone's saying you'll understand when you're older, it's like, I think, I think that's here. Like it's all kind of making sense. And it's just, it's wild to sit back and watch this little human crawl around that you created. And then it's wild to go visit your parents and then think, are they looking at me and thinking about me as that little human that's crawling around? And now I'm 28 with my own little human. Like you just start (laughs) to think about like almost like those, um, like Russian dolls where it's like the big one and the little one. You think about a family and how it must feel then to be like a grandfather or a great-grandfather looking down the line at, you know, everybody's your fault. They're all there because of you. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that ro- rolls through my brain, but it's fun. It's kind of crazy. It's fun to relive and, you know, play with, you know, a Mickey toy again and be goofy and stupid and silly and they just love it and laugh all the time and, you know, it's fun. Yeah, well, there's another way to tap into you know, childhood heart. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hanging with the little one. Yeah, yeah, he's funny, he's cool. Uh, am I supposed to ask another one? You can, you don't have to, but yeah, you've, you've got okay. the floor. Oh, well, I was going to ask, what is your favorite memory from, like, not, it doesn't have to be in high school. Sure, but just from that, like, time period from high school? Yeah. Uh, Probably, probably just summers in general. You, went, you did, like, Palmer pool, right? Like, Palmer swimming? In the summer, yeah. Palmer. So I was at Stones Crossing, and so that was just cool. You know, school's out. You feel like cool as shit, riding your bike everywhere without mom and dad <laughs> when you're like 15 or 16 and 17. Before you have a car, and you know, lifeguarding and hanging out with your friends all day, swimming, being outside, just the world's your oyster. Those were awesome memories, and those are a lot of the people that I'm still closest with were the people that I grew up with. You know, on the Stones Crossing side and outside of school and. I just, when I think back at high school itself, I had such a weird like problem and still kind of do 
with like authority and structure. It was almost just like, it's like, why do I have to do this? Like, this is stupid. I'm never going to use this. And I was right. I don't use it. You know, it's just like (laughs) you're forced to go through this awkward, like incubation period before you're allowed into the real world. And that just always bothered me. And then there are people that are just dumb kids that it's like, let's make fun of this guy or that girl or, oh my gosh, you weren't at that party. And by then we... Like if you had a flip phone with a camera, it was a big deal, you know, and, (laughs) you know, taking pictures of stuff. It's just kids just suck. So that didn't like I didn't like that part because I I didn't really ever feel like I fit in with a particular like defined crowd. I was just kind of like doing my own thing. So I was just pumped for summer and to do my stones thing and hang out and spend as much time outside as possible. Good answer. I liked summers too. Stones was like a different atmosphere than Palmer was. Yeah, more I, of a close-knit atmosphere than yeah i mean i actually never had i never went to palmer like outside of swim practice we would do some of those long yeah. course practices over there but i never just went there to go to the pool so i really don't have a frame of reference but i never went after like the age of eight probably yeah. Maybe ten. yeah at a certain so, point yeah. i remember being like in the swimming years i'd go to a pool for fun and get in the water and just be like what do I do? <laughs> like, how do, you, <laughs> how do you have fun in one of these things if you're not swimming laps and getting yelled at, you know? Uh, yep. <laughs> so, like, wasn't fun because, you know, everybody, like, chases everyone around in the pool, but you're always faster than everyone because nobody else swims. Oh, yeah. You're like, done. I win. Like, yeah. I'm a, I even remember when we did swimming in gym class, and I did, oh, a, yeah. I did a flip turn, and everyone was yelling at the teacher saying I cheated. And I'm like... <laughs> No, you just don't know what, how to do it right. I, right. It's not my problem. So, anything else you're curious about? I'm sure there is, but off the top of my head, no. Okay, well, that's easy. Yeah. Sometimes I have people that just take it around with it, and it's like, all right, dude, you got to stop. I'm taking the control <laughs> back. We got to end this thing. So, no, I won't do that to you. Well, I appreciate it. I, I, yeah. I was, oh, sorry. No, it's no I was just going to say, I'm going to use this as an excuse to, you know, try and keep in better touch. Like you yeah. said, you know, once every five years is probably, you know, not very good average. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and I've realized that too, doing this whole thing is, I just like would scroll through my phone every once in a while and be like, well, why did I ever stop talking to this person? You know? And, I hear that. And it's just like, really comes down to laziness. You just, yep. but like you said, you have an hour commute. I used to have a long commute and I would try to do it mainly with just family. Just, I'm going to call a different person every day. So I've been trying to do that with this too, is really just, there's no purpose and I really shouldn't have to hit record, but it's just like this chapter in my life where I'm just like, let's record everything and share it with the world and see what happens. But yeah, I use, I use podcasts, podcasts are taking off. I I know people are doing them all here. Wish you all the luck in it. Thanks. Hope you, you know, could turn this into something good. (laughs) Yeah. And if you meet anybody cool, send, send them my way. Definitely will. All right. Well, thanks for taking me along with you on your drive and. It was good catching up with you, and good luck in the big bad city. Hope he doesn't chew you up and spit you out. I think I'll be all right. Yeah, I think so, too. (laughs) And that's a wrap for another episode of Relish the Journey. Thanks to Leah for joining me, and thanks to all you for listening. Be sure to follow us at at RTJ Podcast and all the social media channels. And if you know of anybody that was crazy enough to want to be on the podcast, hit us up on one of the messaging platforms there. And we'd love to hear from you, hear what you have to say. So until next time, it's the journey, everybody.